King James. How many of you love the King James? Most of you. I have a New American Standard. I have an NIV. I have the Message. I have the One New Man. Um, I have about every Bible. Do y'all have the Passion Bible? I have, uh, what else do I have? My goodness. The Living Bible. I have the New Living Translation. Um, so every now and then, if I'm having trouble grasping something, I'll go to another version of the Bible, which I believe was written in good faith by the people that write it. I, I find it hard to believe that someone would have the nerve to want to pervert the Word of God. That's, you know, I'll take it at face value. And if there's anything that can help me understand the Word of God, then I will use that and to, to bring a message of what the Lord's saying to the churches today. I love the Word. And uh, it's not the version of the Bible that saves you. It's the Word that saves us. It's the Word of God that brings salvation. And what, however the Lord delivered that to you, whether it be King James or New American or NLT, then just read it and love it and understand it because that's what God has passed down to us. Amen. The King James Bible was commissioned by King James of England in 1611. And the reason he commissioned that Bible was because there were so many different versions of it out there that he wanted to bring everything under one heading and one thing so we could understand. We're mainly uh, Anglo-Saxon people, so we love the King James. Uh, as Jeremy taught in his classes, uh, if you want just the prose of the Bible, just the wonderful flow of the Word of God, what you all grew up on, then the King James is wonderful. The New Living is a translation that puts it more in modern English. But today we're going to look at the New American Standard. Amen? And I believe that uh, no problem, Rebecca is back there, so we're going to uh, go to Revelation. And everybody goes, ooh, the book of Revelation, that takes a lot of nerve. I'm not afraid of the book of Revelation, but I'm not afraid to say that I don't understand every part of it. There's been so much discussion over the years that uh, if this has happened, if it's going to happen, and it's different stages and this and that, and the debate goes on and on. But I take the, the word in Revelation as what God wants me to get from it at the time in my life that I am. The Holy Spirit will speak to each one of us according to our needs. I believe every time we open the word, he speaks to a need or a cause or a doubt. That's what the Word of God is. It's quick and it's powerful. And it's mighty to, to the pulling down of strongholds. That's what the Word of God does. That's our life. That's our future. That's what cleans up our past. I quoted to somebody here at the altar in Psalm, I believe, I forget what Psalm it is, but it said, the, the fear of the Lord is clean. And I thought, well, that's an odd word to use. But not fear in a bad way, but fear in a positive way. We fear the Lord today, and you know what? If you have a good, positive fear toward God, then it will clean you up. What sustains you over all the years that you've been a Christian is the Word of the Lord. It is clean and a fear of the Lord. So I was reading in the book of Revelation, and I wanted to understand it a little bit better. And we go to Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11. 
Now you can turn there if you want. We'll have it up here. Often quoted verse. I saw a little nuance that was different than the King James that just immediately caught my attention when reading this. The King James, as you know, says, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. Well, that's true. By the blood of the Lamb. We're overcomers by the blood of the Lamb. But look what it says here. And they overcame him. It's just one word that was translated a little bit different. They overcame him because. Now that might not mean a lot to you, but it did to me. Because we're overcomers because of the word of God. And to me, the word because is an empowering word. It shows that God's word is stronger than anything. And not by. By means through. But although we are overcomers by the word, I'm an overcomer because of the word of God. So once the Spirit of God comes into our life, it is because He is Lord. And we believe that His Bible says what it says. And we believe that it's the truth of God. And I'm going to overcome because of the blood of the Lamb. How many of you have saved today and applied the blood of the Lamb to your life? Amen. Rejoice in that now. Hallelujah. There's much talk about the blood in the book of Revelation because that's the key. The key is the blood. The key is the blood. The key is the blood. Satan hates the blood. He won't cross the bloodline. That's why they put blood on the doorposts of their house and the foundations are moved. Satan hates the blood. That's why we have to overcome because. By and because. Because of what? Because of the blood of the Lamb. That's where it starts. It starts with the blood. And it will end with the blood. There's a scene in Revelation where it said, Who are these people? They're the ones that have dipped their robes. And they're clean by the blood of the Lamb. Go on. So we overcome because of the blood of the Lamb. And because of the word of our testimony. How many of you, at times, don't raise your hand, have struggled with your faith walk? You know what? God will always put you in a position, though, where you have more faith than somebody else. Think about that for a minute. Sometimes in my darkest times or when I'm having the biggest struggle, God will send somebody into my life that I need to give my testimony to or tell them about the goodness of God. Anybody ever experienced that before? Because of my testimony. I shared how we were uh, shopping for parts for uh, a car and how we went to the junkyard and the young man there, I asked him how he was doing and he said, oh, I, I, I have a hole in my skull and I have this and I have that and my back's all out of whack and, and then we were just buying parts from him and, and I said, well, you know, are you getting better? He said, well, I got a long road back and the Spirit of the Lord just spoke to me right then and said, grab his hand and I just went like I was going to shake his hand and pray for him. Just grab his hand and pray for him because the Word of God the blood of the Lamb, and your testimony, my testimony, are powerful. Your testimony is powerful today. No matter how bad you might have it, there's somebody that's got it worse than you that is looking for somebody to say, support me in the faith. I need a little help here. So you just reach out and you take your hand, you pray. They don't, you know, 
sometimes we think we have to be Bible scholars to pray for somebody or to give a testimony. Just show people your heart and they will respond to your heart. God's heart is that everyone might be saved and none should perish. That's the heart of God. And just show people your heart and they will respond to your heart. That's why they overcame because of the blood of the Lamb and because of the word of their testimony. And they did not love their life even when faced with death. Yikes. They did not love their life even when faced with death. As I get older, I start thinking about more about mortality. Anybody uh, know what I'm talking about here? It's a tricky thing to deal with mortality sometimes. As you get older, you'll get aches and pains and things like that. And you'll think, oh, what's that? What was that? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Dave, you don't know what I'm talking about? The accuser of the brethren. You get a pain in your side and he says, oh, no, you got this. Oh, no, you got that. Body starts hurting. Things start breaking down. You start thinking about mortality. And you think, as Paul did, man, I'm in bad shape. Who's going to deliver me from the things that I'm going through? And he said, well, thank God, through Jesus Christ, I'm going to be delivered. And when the enemy comes and says, that pain that you got is going to be the death of you, you just say, well, the Word of God doesn't say that. The Word of God, it says, by His stripes, I am healed. By His stripes, I am healed. By His stripes, I am healed. The stripes were blood. When He was flogged, it brought blood forth. And by, where did Peter get that from? Where did the Word come? By His stripes, we are healed. And I need to claim that when I feel things in my body. By His stripes, I am healed. And that becomes our testimony. The devil hates it when you face him down and say, oh, Job even said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. And what a testimony that was. All the smart guys in town told Job, you must have done this, you deserve this, you deserve that. And Job said, look, I'm not buying that. He's still my God and I'm going to trust him with everything that's in me. Amen? Well, you know what? If you're saved today, you don't fear death. You don't want to die. Thank God that he put the mechanism in us that keeps us all from jumping off a building every time we get upset. Do you ever think about that one? There are certain instincts and things that God's given us that protect us, thank God. But there comes a time where we have to face the reality that our testimony has to remain true to the Lord. I was praying with somebody at the altar today. He's been a Christian for so many years. Been faithful to this church for so many years. And God honors that. Because they maintained the faith. Think about that for a minute. Maintaining the faith. So go to Revelation chapter 6. How did they overcome him? By the blood of the Lamb. And the word of their testimony. That means every one of you, and you love, light, uh, love, 
You weren't afraid of death. I'll paraphrase it, okay? But look, I found this the other day, and it's just really Revelation um, chapter 6 and verse 9. These are all the seals and, the, and everything else that goes on in the book of Revelation that sometimes we don't understand. But I found this, and look what it says, verse 9. When he broke the fifth seal, I saw underneath the altar, underneath the altar, the souls of those who had been slain because of what? The Word of God. I want you to remember two things. One thing. First comes the blood. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. And then what? Because of the Word of their testimony. Well, look at verse 9 of chapter 6. The souls who had been slain, they overcame because of the Word of God. So here we are again. Our overcoming power comes from the Word of God, from the blood of the Lamb and the Word of God. I love it when God repeats Himself because He's trying to get our attention with some things. That's how we overcome the blood of the Lamb and the Word of God. And because of what? Their testimony. That's why our testimony is so important. And I'm not necessarily talking about standing up in church and giving a testimony, which is a good thing and it's needed at times. But the best testimony we can have is when we're out somewhere and our, our heart and soul is in tune with the lost and we recognize their need and then we give them our testimony. It breaks the yoke because the Spirit of God comes and hovers over the chaos of your life and the chaos of their life and it brings order into things. The Word of God. When He said, let there be light, there became light because nothing can stand against the Word of God. What God wants is going to happen. What He says is going to happen. I believe that though my body hurts sometimes that I will be healed by the blood of the Lamb and by the stripes that He bore. I believe that. I believe that the Word of God is planted deep in your heart and deep in my heart. And it wants to grow and spring up and give life. And after it gives life, it'll bring living water. And living water will cause your testimony to come forth. I hate weeds. I... Once your garden gets so far along in the summer, when you first put it in, you take care of it. So if you see one little weed sprout up, you're out there picking it and pulling it out and fussing with it. How dare you invade my garden? So you get a little lax once it starts bearing fruit in that, once it starts bearing fruit, and you're picking tomatoes and zucchinis and green beans and stuff. You don't worry about the weeds because you look at the fruit and you say, oh, well, this is no problem. I got this. But I've noticed even in the later stages, you can still harvest things, but the weeds get just as big as the good stuff. So the other day I was looking at my garden and I thought, well, this ain't right. So I went over and I got on my hands and my knees and I pulled out every weed I can find and it looked like a freshly planted garden. And I was so, because those weeds were trying to choke off the life. And I thought about that scripture where it said the word of the Lord is clean. The word of the Lord is clean. How many of you know that a clean garden grows better than a weeded garden? That's why we pull weeds, because we don't want them to choke off life. 
And the enemy will come against you trying to choke off the things that you know, trying to choke off the Word of God, trying to make your weeds bigger than your harvest. Well, I'm telling you what, rejoice because your harvest is coming as long as you depend on the Word of God. The harvest will come. The harvest will be big. God will not withhold anything from those who love Him. Romans chapter 8. There's no condemnation in your life anymore because you're called in the purposes of Christ Jesus. So get those weeds out because the Word of God is clean. It will fight against anything that Satan brings. So we have the Word of God and because of their testimony, because of the testimony which they had maintained. Now this is a little bit different wording than the King James. There's a maintenance to our faith. What's that? You gotta change the light bulb yeah, sometime. You have to maintain things. You have to maintain your spiritual life. You have to maintain your hunger for the Word. You have to maintain your testimony. No matter what comes against you, you maintain your testimony. I've shared this before. When I was in the Navy, we had to do two types of maintenance. Preventive maintenance and corrective maintenance. We had cards for each one because we were just... So once a month, I'd get my card out because I ran the old computers and stuff like that. And I had preventive maintenance that I had to do. Preventive maintenance. Which means I'm trying to avoid a problem. Trying to avoid the problem. And if I maintained that schedule of preventive maintenance, I had success. So I would get the card out just like our disciplines in our life, there's certain disciplines that we have to follow. We have to treasure the Word of God. We have to keep the power of our testimony because of the power of our testimony. Well, I was in the service in the Vietnam era, and we had to keep those things running because if we didn't, we were in big trouble. There was people that were trying to get us, just like the enemy tries to get us today. So because the enemy wants to get us, we have to do certain maintenances in our life and make sure that things are up to date. Why do you change oil in your car? Why don't you just, you know, get a car and drive it for 200,000 miles and never change the oil? Some of you have tried that, I think, a time or two. If you go to a regular changing place, they say, change it every 3,000 miles. And then you go to another place, they say, change it every 5,000 miles. And then you go to another place, oh, it's synthetic. You don't have to change it every 10,000 miles. And they try to sell you this. Well, I'm an old 3,000-mile guy because that's what I was taught when I grow up. And I don't think you can change it too much. And it's just like that's corrective maintenance to keep that one day, if you don't change your oil, you're going to go out and you're going to turn that key on. It's going to go clunk. And then guess what happens after it goes clunk? Then you're calling the mechanic. And guess what kind of maintenance he does on it? Corrective maintenance. <laughs> corrective it's no longer preventive maintenance. It's corrective maintenance. That's why the Holy Spirit will 
guard and, and we'll feel upset in our spirit if we're doing things we're not supposed to do. Thank God that you got a good conscience. It's like preventing maintenance, a good conscience. We have to keep our conscience good. It's, it prevents. Here's another thing I found out. Corrective maintenance costs a whole lot more than preventive maintenance. Anybody ever went through some corrective maintenance in here? The old Fram, and I've used this many times. It's a great example, though. Fram used to have a commercial on their air filters and say, pay me now or pay me later. How many of you remember that? Hallelujah. So he said, they overcame because of the blood of the Lamb. Raise your hand today if the blood of the Lamb has been applied in your life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the blood. 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 I'm getting to a stage in my life now that every time I bump up against something, I break open. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Old age, I guess. I walk down the hallway and it's like a gauntlet. I'm hitting my hands on doorknobs and everything else. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Ron, you know what I'm talking about. You're not even trying to get in trouble and you're getting in trouble. Oh, there's a bruise and there's that. Or where you go out and you try to break off a stick and it stabs you in the arm and you start bleeding. Well, I'm at a time in my life where there's a lot of bloodletting going on. And it makes me think of how precious is the blood. <laughs> Darlene will look at me and I'll be walking down the hall and she'll hear me go, oh! And she'll say, what did you do now? What did you do now? Well, here's another bloodletting going on. And I get to appreciating the blood. And I try to keep myself from not shedding blood. You don't want your arms and your hands to look like somebody took an ice pick and just worked them over real good. So I appreciate the blood. So they, I, I need to overcome because of the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony... And I'm not afraid to die because I know that the minute I take my last breath, I'm going to go be with Jesus. You hear what I'm saying today? I'm going to go be with Jesus. And I'm going to miss all of you all unless you beat me there first. But save me a good spot because I want to see you up there. And I'll still be giving my testimony and I'll still be trusted in the blood of Jesus. And because of the testimony which they had maintained. Maintenance is when you take care of things. Sometimes we need to maintain our faith. The Bible says, though the enemy will come in like a flood, you will raise up a standard against them. Hallelujah. The Psalms say we will rejoice and raise our banners at your victory. I can't tell you how many times someone else's testimony has just been precise as to what I needed to hear in my life. Amen? Hallelujah. Every time you sing a song with the band, every time you praise God, you're given a testimony. Every time we say, there is power, power, wonder working in the what? In the blood of the Lamb. 
There's power. There's power. There's wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other found I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. It breaks every chain. It breaks every chain. It breaks every chain. In the Old Testament, they slayed rams and bulls and spotless this and they, they had a whole line of priesthood that was based on raising pure animals for sacrifice. There was a great bloodletting that went on trying to cancel out the sin of man. But there's nothing that can cancel the sin of man but the blood of Jesus Christ who was shed for every one of us. So God took the one new man, the first Adam and the second Adam, and he said, I'm going to put this sacrifice out of your lives. Now, there's going to be one sacrifice. As the world was condemned through one man's sin, the world is saved through one man's obedience. Hallelujah. You're saved because of Jesus who was willing. You know what? Remember last week when we was preaching about how you fight the devil? What did Jesus do in the wilderness? He did what? He quoted the word to the enemy. And we all can rejoice in how stupid the devil is because he tried to use the word against the word. (laughs) And Jesus said, the word says this, the word says that. The word says this. This is how he answered him three times. You shall live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Jesus lived by the same precepts that we live by. What did he depend on when he went to the cross? What what did he depend on? He depended on the word. That said, on the third day, as it was in the days of Noah, and then he said, I will be in the, the womb of the earth for three days, but I'm coming back. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, guess what? The devil thought he had him. But the Bible says he took the keys to hell and death and the grave, and he led captivity captive. So if you're captive today, come out of your captivity. He said that I've come, the Spirit of the Lord's upon me because he has anointed me. That was Jesus quoting Isaiah. So if Jesus had to be a student of the word, how about us? Because that's where our testimony comes from, is knowing the Word of God. And what we don't know, the Holy Spirit, will, when we open our mouth, He will fill our mouth with good things. He did it with all the prophets. He did it with Jeremiah. He would say, go tell them this. The Word of the Lord. Maintenance. Hallelujah. Anybody need any maintenance today? That's not admitting we're wrong. That's admitting we want to keep our faith up to date. There's power. There's wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah.
Jesus asked Peter once when there was a discussion going on, just like there is in the world today, there's a big discussion going on about Jesus. Whether He's God, whether He's the Son of God. Some faiths just state right out that God had no Son. God is one. He had no Son. But my Word tells me that He's the Son of God. And I must believe that He's the Son of God. And I can't be confused about who He is. I can't come in here week after week and offer a false hope. I have to offer a positive hope and it's based on the Word of God so that you all and myself included might understand who we are in Christ. The Bible says we're seated in heavenly places. He seated us in heavenly places. I'm a child of heaven. I'm not poor. I'm not a person without hope. I'm not one that wakes up every day and dreads the day because I know that the Son of Righteousness has arisen with healing in His wings. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Maintenance. Lord, help us to maintain our faith today. Help us to maintain our faith. Thank you, Lord. So everybody's debating who Jesus is. You know, when we got saved, it was a very simple thing. We confessed the Lord Jesus Christ with our mouth. We accepted Him as our Lord and Savior. That's all being born again is. Now, here's the thing. Before you got saved, you didn't care about any maintenance. You didn't care. The only maintenance you cared about was getting over a hangover. Did you ever notice how they're always trying to give you a remedy for a hangover? This works, that works. If you take this, if you drink this, mix with that, and try this, mix with that. I got news for you. There ain't nothing that works. There ain't nothing that works. Some of us get a hangover from sin. You know what? There ain't nothing that works but the Word of God and the blood of Christ applied to that sin. No matter what remedy the world gives you, no matter what they say, well, this doctor's better than this doctor. The doctor that's the best doctor is the Lord Jesus Christ today. Amen. Amen. They overcame him by the blood. Lord, right now in this building, we can relate to the blood because the life is in the blood. And Lord, we just pray that the life-giving flow of what happened at that scourging post, of what happened on Calvary, would come into everybody's life in this room and they would hold the blood in high esteem. That they would recognize the power in the blood and how it breaks every chain, sets the captive free, brings the anointing. The blood also brings the anointing, Lord. Hallelujah. And we thank you for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, this day. 
who put it into sacrifices, the shedding of blood by bulls and goats, and said, I'll take that upon myself once for every man and woman that was in the world and comes into the world and will come into the world. I'll take that upon me. I'll bear the stripes so that man might be free from constant bloodletting and constant war and constant chaos. I will take it. And the Bible says because he did it, that God has exalted him and put him in a heavenly place, seated at the right hand of God. He's our intercessor. He's our bridge. Got a testimony? I'm going to make some declarations right now. Jesus, you are our Lord. You are our Savior. You are our healer. You are confidence. You are a strong tower. You are refuge. You are our strength. You are the Word of God. You are the Alpha and the Omega. You are the beginning and the end. You are our testimony. You are our maintenance. You are the one that sits at the right hand of the Father and makes intercession for every one of us. We are washed clean by your blood. We are set free by the cross. We have been seated with you, with you. We'll no longer take the seat of the enemy. We'll no longer sit with the scorners or those who mock God. We will be like a tree planted by the rivers of living water whose leaf faileth not. We will be like the trees planted that flows from the throne of God where there's healing for the nations. Healing for us, healing for the nations, healing for our wounds, healing for our sins, healing for our faults. You are the God that causes my hands to war. You made me run through a troop and jump over a wall. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And invariably, there'll be someone that says, well, I've been praying for healing for years. I'm going through a rough time in my life. That doesn't diminish God at all. And I'll tell you, even if for some reason, like in Paul's life, that the Lord doesn't heal you or whatever, if you maintain the faith, guess what's going to happen? One day, you're going to have a new body. All that pain, he says he'll wipe away all the pain. Every tear, he'll wipe it away. You'll say, Lord, why did I suffer? What went through this? What? Well, because it said, Paul said, I would know the power of his resurrection, but also the fellowship of his suffering. Amen. Hallelujah. I guess one way you can look at suffering is you're bearing it for somebody else. In 2 Corinthians, Paul talked about all the times he'd been shipwrecked and this and that and everything else. 
but he was caught up into the heavens. He saw the face of God. Think about Stephen as he was being stoned. He said he looked and saw the Lord seated at the right hand. Hallelujah. we got a great future going on, folks. Maintain the faith. Trust the blood. Keep your testimony. Amen? Amen. I didn't get too excited, did I? No. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.